When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I call you, and I hear somebody in the background. I'm like, who was that in the background? But I'm like, where are you at, Dad? He's like, oh, I'm out with one of my friends. We just got, we running some errands real quick, but we'll be back. And I was like, okay. And then from, to be honest, I feel like I've pushed the details, like, back to, I guess because they hurt still. Mm-hmm. But I remember it taking a while for you to get back home that day. And you really want me to talk about this? Yeah. Okay. This is the, this is, see on this podcast we keep it lit we live intentionally and transparently so I don't want to always just talk about the good stuff because uh-huh. in the bad stuff I learned a lot and that was a breaking point in my life. Yeah. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. Hello, my name is Nema and I'm from Zambia. So I love the Dear Future Wifey podcast. For me to see people being so real, so honest, and so true about the real situations in life. Hey, I'm Natalie from Belgium, and I would like to, to say thank you. I value your content because it is Christ-centered. You have set a standard in love. Dear Future Wifey podcast has um, opened my understanding. I highly recommend that everyone, whether you're single, you're married, you're divorced, you're widowed, everyone to go follow this podcast. Continue with me as I discover, uncover, and recover love. I'm Latera Sar Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, LaTara R. Whitfield. Man, let me tell you, if you are shacking with my podcast, I need you to go ahead and make a commitment and subscribe. I've noticed that we still have like 65, 69% of the people watching our podcast that just haven't taken that commitment to subscribe. So please subscribe to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I have a goal this season to really ambitious goal. I want to hit 100 thousand subscribers in this season so i know we can do it all of us together we can make it happen today's episode um in honor of thanksgiving it would be befitting for me to have my children on the podcast and so uh, i'm really excited about that welcome on the dear future wifey podcast my children lateria armani and ladarian how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good. What's up, good. Dad? Pretty good. Yo. Are y'all nervous? I am. I'm not going to lie. Letary, you went to a performing arts school. Ooh. Why would you be nervous? Because, I don't know, just to know people are going to watch this. So is it better if I didn't have anybody watching it? <laughs> well, that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> wouldn't it be lame? Yeah. See, if I had nobody watching it, then wouldn't that just yeah, well, be What's worse? the point of even recording the video? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You mean like your YouTube channel, Ladarian? You don't have to do. You don't have to do me like that. That was a little bit, a little bit messed up. Ouch! That's that hurt li- me. That's a little bit messed up. Oh man, I'm so wrong. I'm so wrong. Listen, I said that uh, this episode is one of my uh, most sensitive episodes because I'm going to call it "Knowing My Why." Do y'all know what that means? No, you I know do. The, like, well, I can guess. Well, go ahead. Your purpose, like why you do stuff, what keeps you going, your why. My why, and so. You, Lateria, you, Armani, you, Ladarian, are my why. The Bible says, what profits a man to gain the whole world than lose his soul? And so my emotions are tied to you. My purpose is tied to you guys. I want to lead by example and show y'all the possibility of God um, and let y'all see that nothing is too impossible for God. And what's so interesting about our dynamic is that you're my biological daughter, uh, you're my nephew by bloodline, but I adopted you as my son. And then Armani, you know, this is our one year birthday of your adoption. And we didn't know Armani from the man on the moon. And, and uh, <laughs> he just came in and just fit right on in here. So, yeah. 
So Armani, how did you just? How did you just? I know it's a it's a challenge to meet some total strangers and then call them family. So so how was that? Explain that. Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, yeah, like like you said, total strangers, which it, which is really not new to me since you know I've been through all kinds of foster homes and I don't know any of these people, and uh, there was actually one particular home where like. You know, uh, start over, and I called the lady. I, I want to call her like Granny or something like that because she was an elderly lady. But I noticed that home was not it, so I eventually start calling her by Miss. So and so. However, with you, I called you Dad from day one. From day one. But me and you have bumped heads all sorts of times during this whole year. <laughs> And I, I don't call you Mr. Oh, you're Mr. Whitfield now. <laughs> it's still dad. I don't change. So hold on. So I, I want to touch on that. Was I easy as a father? Because he keep thinking that I'm, 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 I'm mean to him or hard to him because he's not my quote unquote biological child. Oh no, that's just him. He's really? like that with people he cares about. Like if he cares about you, he's going to push you to be better and to motivate you. If he doesn't care about you, which is rare because he, he has a big heart, he wouldn't put any effort to push you. Mm-hmm. That's just facts. Because he, ooh, <laughs> trust me. Hold on. He got in an argument with me last month because he said that, because um, I, I think we had got into it about something because he's real disrespectful. And so um, I said something about how hard I am on Ladarian and his brother, and I said, I whooped Latoria before. He said, you have never whooped your daughter? Probably like twice. But that's but all it took. It, he didn't whoop me until I was like 14. So it took him 14, it took 14 years of me just acting a fool. Acting a complete wow. fool. A For complete. him to finally be like, you know what? This is, talking don't work. And let, <laughs> so. me, let me elaborate on that. Because like, one reason I could say that is because like, where I grew up, that wasn't really a thing. Like, I never heard of, like, you know, mama gets, you know, the daughters and then the son get Because my dad, like, for some reason wasn't allowed to whoop us. For yeah. some reason. Because mm-hmm. my mom's really controlling. So she's like, I my rules, my house, <laughs> my I pay my money, all that. Don't touch my kids. I got them. And then if somebody tries to, that's a big issue. So my dad really, he was always the one trying to keep us. No, I don't whoop him. Wait, wait, just let me, let me talk. Let me talk to him. And you grew up and, and for the audience, you grew up with your mom and dad in the household for the majority of the time. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so he watched the dynamic of his mom being the authority, you know, the, the authority in the household and uh, his dad, you know, kind of playing the passive role. And so he was like, what? Well, I ain't used to a man you know, disciplining me. I was like, boy, you better mm-hmm. get used to it. I don't know what you think this is going to be because he ain't yeah. going to run me. But Darren, how am I? How am I, as a, how am I as a father? So I transitioned from being your uncle to your father. What was that dynamic like? I adopted I adopted Ladarian on National Adoption Day. Um, what was that, 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. What, what, what day was it? Do you remember? The third. The third or the eighth. I think it's the third. November the third. It was November the third. Um and how old were you at that time? If that was three years ago, then I was oh, Lord. nine. Oh, boy. See, <laughs> see, that's that pandemic right there. That pandemic and that, that virtual, virtual learning. learning. That virtual learning. He had to subtract three from 12 and almost failed. I saw his to, fingers under the Yeah, he over counting all up under. <laughs> and he's normally better, oh, about, he's normally better than that in math. Well, first, for starters, I used to get in trouble a lot. Like, almost, like, every week. And then... When I first began to trouble, like when I first moved to you, you was like, I was like a zombie and I wasn't like talking to nobody. Yeah. Because I was on my medication for ADHD. And when I began in trouble at school, I, like, when I first moved to you, you used to be talking like a white parent, basically. <laughs> Yo. What does that mean? Well, what happened was I took these <laughs> classes. I took these classes, y'all. And so they were talking about the trauma that kids had gone through. And so I would have to speak to them. They said, don't, no, no, don't, don't argue with them. And I said, Ladarian, <laughs> uh, I understand that you were angry today in class. And um, 
I want you to tell me what, you know, what, what triggered you. And he'll start talking about something. I'll go, now, would you like to do a do-over? Like if he threw a toy or did something, would you like to do a do-over? <laughs> and do-overs is giving you the opportunity uh-huh. to make a, a different decision. He's like, you talking like a white person. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like so he grew up in the hood. So he's like, what in the world yeah. is this voice? Why, why are we communicating? Why, why are we communicating like yeah. this? Now, I try exactly. my best to, to, you know, communicate with him on these terms and these tools that they had given me in this foster care training. You just snapped. <laughs> yep. And what happened? You, you just started yelling. <laughs> you said, you know, you said, I'm, you know what? I'm done talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't listening. He wasn't listening. He was running over me. I would have to call his dad, his biological dad, to threaten to discipline him in order to get any kind of compliance. And that would work for 24, 48 hours, and he'll be back doing it all over again. So how did that feel, though? You you went from being in foster care for about seven months, and then you transitioned to me being your foster parent, um, but I'm as kinship foster care, and then moving to adoption. What was that like? We documented that whole journey uh, called Dunkel, but what was that like from an internal standpoint? Like, I don't really know. Like, I can't really explain it. Like, I I really, like, felt really happy because – if I was adopted by like some total stranger, I wouldn't even see my um, real family, my biological yep. family, or like I wouldn't see Armani because he probably wouldn't be uh, here. Yeah, and exactly. Basically, yeah. like I would have been like nowhere near my family. I'll probably wouldn't even see him again, unless like that's like when I go all the way over and I just somehow see him one more day, like one day. So. um when you lived in foster care for about that seven months, living with total strangers, how how did that feel? It was horrible. What was so horrible about it? Because my foster brothers always was starting something, and school was no better. Because that school was like just lame, and like it was just I can't really explain the school. And then my foster parent, she always getting mad at me for no reason, or sometimes mm. speak for reasons. Mm. <laughs> sometimes for reasons. I don't, like, usually because I had my medication at the time, I wasn't really doing nothing wrong. Yeah, he was just more quiet, didn't want to eat. You wouldn't, um, was that the medication that caused you not to eat? No, you were, you were like that before you got into foster care. You would just be real picky and really wouldn't eat a lot. I remember that. Yeah, he just wouldn't eat a lot. He's just like, what's wrong with him? He's like, well, Darren can't eat there, so we can't eat there. And I'm like, yeah. dang, it's just chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He want to eat chicken nuggets every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He eat chicken nuggets. So, Lateria, mm-hmm. you were born my senior year of high school. Two weeks before I graduated, you watched me walk across the stage. Um, what was it like growing up before the term hashtag girl dad began to or became a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I was known for being that. Um, but you tell me, what was it like growing up with? A girl dad. Honestly, I didn't really realize, first off, how lucky I was or that I was experiencing a different type of parenting than most kids were. Um, so it, I really didn't realize how blessed I was and the type of influence you really had on me into I was on my own and, like, graduated high school and stuff like that. But looking back, it was awesome. Like, um, just the way – that we communicated and even that you know you saying that you when you first were adopting Ladarian how you would have to talk I don't know if you realized it but you actually kind of talked to me like that it wasn't <laughs> as severe but you would be like okay so what caused you to make this decision <laughs> like you were very sensitive towards my feelings like you could read me when I was just having a bad yeah. day when I was going through something you were sensitive to that so I really appreciate that you know where it came from I remember when you were born and I told God um Teach me how to be a father. I said, I grew up with a father present in the home, but he wasn't present in my life. So I made it my life's mission to always be there for you and, um, you know, just always be that shoulder that you could cry on, which happened quite sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, always be that voice of reasoning. And I wanted to learn how to treat women by fathering you. And I remember telling you that before I said, I want this is a platonic relationship that I have, but God, I want you to give me a deep capacity to love women by honoring and loving my daughter. 
So hopefully I did a good job on that. Yeah, I okay. think you did. All right. It was, it was one moment that we're going to talk about where I wasn't present in your life. Do you know what that is? Yes. What was that? You really want to talk about that? You can talk about I don't talk about that on the podcast okay. that much. I, I allude to it. I allude to, so you cover that and say, what happened? Okay. So the basics of the situation was I was having a really hard time in college. Like I was doing bad. My friendships, relationships were bad. And I was really excited to come back home and spend time with you. It was during Christmas time, I want to say. 2015. It was Christmas time. Christmas of 2015. And I was excited. I drove six and a half hours to Corpus. That's a long That's a long drive for me by myself. Uh, yeah. And I finally got to your house, and your car wasn't outside. So I'm like, he probably went to Walmart because he, you know, just to grab something real quick. So I call you, and I hear somebody in the background. I'm like, who was that in the background? But I'm like, where are you at, Dad? He's like, oh, I'm out with one of my friends. We just got, we running some errands real quick, but we'll be back. And I was like, okay. And then from, to be honest, I feel like I've pushed the details, like, back to, I guess because they hurt still. Mm-hmm. But I remember it taking a while for you to get back home that day. And you really want me to talk about this? Yeah. Okay. This is the, this is, see on this podcast we keep it lit we live intentionally and transparently so I don't want to always just talk about the good stuff because uh-huh. in the bad stuff I learned a lot and that was a breaking point in my life yeah. to where it it showed you know hindsight looking back on that mm-hmm. uh, relationship that I had or situationship I had with that said person it taught me how much confusion was brought into my life, even on the onset. Mm-hmm. And so when I think back on that moment as, and, and as God continues to heal me from that, I reflect on that. And that moment of not being available for you that time is etched in my brain. Mine too. Deep. So, 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 so that's happened? the first time that's ever happened. First and um, last. Yeah. So I remember you briefly like checked in. Hey, are you good? I'm good. We good. You hungry? Probably brought me something to eat that night, something like that. And then you were in the house, but we weren't really communicating. And I heard another woman there. I think she introduced herself to me. Right. Um, And I, you know, I spoke to her back. It was really brief, like I said. And then I remember that night I heard y'all arguing. And I was just like, what are they, like, who, how are you even involved enough with my dad to argue with him, first of all? I hear her (laughs) her yelling. So I'm kind of mad, but I'm like, you know what? Mind your business, Latoria. Your dad's an adult. You can't, you know. So I sit in my room. I think I was, like, on the phone, you know, going through Instagram, probably relaxing. And then that next day, pretty sure that's when he passed away. My best friend died. Yes. And... I mean, I was I was sad because I've known him for years, and you were sad, and I've really there's not many two situations where I've seen you that hurt. I was I walked in your room crying. Yeah, and I did not know how to like console. I didn't know how to console you. Um, so even me being hurt because me I, at that time I can't like to be honest, I feel like I was being a brat. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm entitled to his attention because I came here? Like, why do I why do I feel weird not being showered with like attention and affection and love but that's just what I was used to um so yeah um so you came in the room cried uh you were telling me you know that he passed away I was upset and you told me that you were going to be busy all day because you kind of had some arrangements you need to check on some of his his close families and friends to make sure they were okay and I had to go fly I had to drive to Oklahoma to pick up his niece and ask you if you want to ride along with me and you were like no I was like no because you you saw said girl with me and you were like what in the yeah I was I was honestly probably looking at her like like who who, because I I am not used to seeing women around my my father (laughs) I just I mean I am but friendship wise but I just I could tell it was different and I was just like you know kind of like um, yeah, so, and then I just remember that I think I may have stayed in Dallas for three days total, yeah, right, maybe. Yeah, right I was posted, yeah, I was supposed to be here for like a week and a half, and I called you one day, you were out, and I said, Dad, I'm going back home today. And you were like, what do you mean? I said, I've been here, we haven't spent time together, like, I haven't really seen you, what am I here for? I drove six hours to spend time with you, and you were not here, and I left, and I was so upset. I was hurt, I was crying driving home. I have never felt that way in my entire life. That was the most painful day ever. And it's weird because even saying it, 
I feel like I sound like a brat because I'm like I was upset because my dad was not giving me attention. Like that sounds. Well, weird. no, it's not that. It's it, it's the it's the violation of trust and bond that we had. So I spent at that time what nineteen, maybe you were nineteen or twenty at the time. We say it was your sophomore year in high school. I mean, in college, so you're about nineteen ish. Mm-hmm. So I had spent nineteen years nineteen years cultivating that relationship with you, mm-hmm. having been that place that if anything happened with you, whether it was a boy, relationships, grades, whatever, friendships going awry, whatever it was, I was always that place you could go to. Mm-hmm. And and here you are in your roughest uh, semester in school and I wasn't present. Yeah. Not only that, I had my divorce was about to be final mm-hmm. in that December, the the end of December. And I and knew that. Oh, I didn't even mention. Sorry to cut you off. No good. But when I first came to visit you, you had a whole new house. A it was new. a whole new, <laughs> like you built like this new life. So I didn't, you know, I came home to a different home. There's someone else there. My room's different. Everything's different. So I was just, I was thrown off. But I was, I was excited. Um, but then. It changed. It changed real yeah. quickly, but yeah. So let me let me be clear. There was somebody there for that night. They didn't live there. No, no, no. They had their own place. Yeah. But uh, but they took up and I allowed them to take up space that was reserved for my daughter. And of course, since then I apologize uh, emphatically about that. But that was one of those things that when I say I was so perfect as a father to be available for my daughter all the time, that is a stain on my record. And I said, yep. I remember that moment, and it was heartbreaking. And the reason why I wasn't present, as you know, is, of course, we talked about it, but I had found some stuff out about her mm-hmm. during that, uh, on that day yeah. that wrecked me. And so I was, I was, I was gone. You were going through stuff, and, yeah. I, and I didn't even know it. I was just thought, oh, I guess she's important. I guess I'm mm, just, shoot. you know. Ah, yeah, amen. There was another moment. Let's back up about three months prior to that. When I told you, I drove the, to Corpus, and I told you that I was getting a divorce. What happened? That was a hard day. We were in Jason's Deli. You surprised me on my lunch break, which I had no clue you were coming. You, the king of surprises. You, <laughs> you can sneak up at, you know. Anytime. Yeah. Um, so when you surprised me, I really honestly didn't have, like, any odd feelings that you are going to tell me anything. And we're just at Jason's Deli eating. And then you say, Lataria, there's something I want to talk to you about. I was just like, me hearing that, I've never heard you necessarily be so serious about something. And then you say, I'm getting a divorce. And even when you said it, I was just like, huh? Like, I don't, like, I didn't, I wasn't able to process that. Because in my head, that was it. Like, you and this woman, I loved her. I thought that, like, when I thought about, like, how marriage was supposed to be, that was the picture that I saw. So, you telling me that, like... It hurt me, but I could see it hurt you. So I I remember you crying in Jason's Deli. And, like, I started crying and, like, couldn't even finish our food. Like, couldn't even talk. And we just, like, sat in the car and pretty much, like, talked Cried. a little bit. Yeah. It was the one time that you had to really console me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just lost it. Yeah. I lost it. I broke down crying. And you were like, hold on, you let, let me go get a to-go box. Mm-hmm. You boxed our food up. I couldn't even get myself together. Mm-hmm. We walked to the car and we sat in the car. I just cried. I yeah. cried. I cried. I cried. And uh, the tears that rolled down my face had a lot of weight to it because I always wanted to show you what a healthy marriage looked like. Mm-hmm. I never uh, experienced that, you know, growing up. I never seen healthy marriages. So I wanted to show you what a healthy marriage looked like. And I, I felt like a huge failure because I said, gosh, like if my daughter can't see an example for me, then that means that now she'll have to go look elsewhere to have that example created. Um, but one thing that I've always tried to be with you is 1000% transparent. Mm-hmm. I was transparent with you about um, a situation that happened um, during my marriage. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do remember that conversation. <laughs> what was that conversation? Uh, about you having an affair. About me having an affair. That was a hard conversation. And how was that? It was hard because, and I hate saying this. No, no, I want you to say I thought you were perfect. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was probably 
I was in my teens and, you know, dating boys and you talking to them and they talking to some other girl and you're just like, oh my God, you're immature. You can't even talk to one girl. Yeah. And then hearing that you struggle with that was just like, well, dang, like, is, is this what I have to look forward to? Like it hurt my feelings because it made me feel like, okay, if my own dad can't be faithful to anybody, like what, like I said, like what example do I have to look like forward to? Like what's out there? Did you, did you wonder why I even told you that? Do you remember why I told you? Not really. I don't you were why. struggling in school, and you felt like the biggest failure. Mm-hmm. You kept saying, I can't. I'm struggling in school. I'm not as talented as the other girls and the other kids at Booker T. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve to be here. I don't do all this. And you just beating yourself up for, for the longest. And I said, Letarian, I showed my scars. Mm. I said, look, here's, the, here's my scars. I've, I've cheated on my wife. Um before I've cheated on her several times. And I said, listen, you looked at me. You was like, ah, I hate cheaters. You said, I, I said that? Yes. You said, yeah. I hate, I hate boys that cheat. And, um, and I just let you have that moment because it's so real mm-hmm. because I too, before I ever got married, I used to say, I don't see why people get married and cheat. That just doesn't make sense. I just don't understand why I get married. If you're going to cheat, that's just blah, blah. And I will always, um, uh, reprimand my homeboys who were having affairs and they kept telling me, listen, when you get married, you understand. And I was like, I understand that I'm not going to understand. You know, I, I'm never going to do that. Why would I do that? Which me and Armani, we had those conversations just like the other day. He was like, I never cheat on my wife. And I was like, listen, son, I understand the process that it takes in order to build that fortitude where you don't, which is um, having some self-control, before you get a wife, um, having self-control by practicing abstinence and, 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 and being faithful to God. But, you know, that's the journey. And so that's the journey that I'm on now. I said I'm going to get to the point before the end of this year where I make a total commitment to God and say I'm never going to have sex again until I get married. But that was one of the, the things that God showed me. But that, that, that hurt you that day, huh? That did. It really did. I, I almost felt like you cheated on me. I probably did. I did. I yeah. think I think I think that I cheated on the faith that you had in me. Yeah. I think I cheated and violated the the sacred place of protection cuz here it is. Remember I prayed and asked God, God, I want to show my daughter what it looks like or, or what it looks like for a man to love her, but then I violate this other woman's trust. And so yeah, I cheated on you too in the process. Thank you for telling me that. I cheated on you. You're welcome. Do you forgive me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Armani, how does it feel to hear this conversation? <clears throat> my uh, my statement still stands. I'm not cheating on my wife. And I don't want people to hit me. Well, you're going to think different when you get grown. So you don't know what where you're going to be at. Because I, I just don't. I don't know. I just, I just really can't wrap my head around the process. You do all this. Because the, the, there's a lot of steps. There's the. They're just friends, and then you want to move it to, you know, the intimacy with, with a real relationship. Y'all both want to, you know, take things to the next level. And then there's, like, the the arguments or whatever comes with that. And then y'all be like, oh, we, we should get married, and y'all plan all that. And then money goes into the venues and all this stuff. And then you say your vows and all that. And you do all that just to, like, betray them and, like, cheat on them. I don't get it. I really don't get that. Are you are you are you dedicated to uh, maintaining your virginity until you get married? Definitely. Why is that important? Because I one that's important because the Bible says so. That's sex is sacred, and I can't. That's betraying. I I don't know the exact verse, but there's actually a verse on that that says our body is the temple of the holy. Uh, our, our body is the temple of oh, the, the Holy, holy Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. And there's something else that says something like. So it's something with it's something maintaining with sex Sexual. outside of marriage, which like it's a sin against your own body mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a sin against God. That, yeah. So I'm like, you're sinning, you're disrespecting God. From plus, I know this. The Bible says the servant who knew his master's will will be beaten with many stripes. The servant who did not know his master's will will be beaten with a few. So me knowing this, you better preach purposely that, knowing the Bible says. Don't, this is an abomination. This is a sin. This is such and such against God. And then I just deliberately, like, oh, like screw with God, say, I'm going to do what I want anyway. I'm getting all these chicks. I'm getting all this. 
That, what? I'm I don't. I don't get that. I'm proud of you. I'm yeah. proud of you. I, lo- I love that. I love the explanation. And then yeah, there's like, and dope. then there's sexual diseases and all that. It's just too much. At risk. You got to get into the like. You're risking, like, the person you have sex. Like, if I was to have sex at this age, now I'm gonna have like I might have a baby, might get a disease. I don't know what she's going through already, and then she's getting like, well, now we got to take care of this kid. Now we got to figure out how we're going to balance our life, our school, work, money, and we got to get the baby. Like, that's just too much. And then that's me- that's messing up the baby's life because you don't know what the baby has to go through mm-hmm. in order for you to, like, for y'all to live comfort. Like, it's just too much. It's just too much unnecessary. But Darren, 12 years old, what do you think when you hear him saying that? Uh-huh, I don't know. I actually don't. You don't know what? Do you want to be a virgin until you get married? Be honest. Yes. Do you want to be? I, a- I even told Almighty this. You told Almighty that. Yo, when we, when we talking about that? Wait, when was this? <laughs> we be, when we be home and he be at his office and we be having like conversations. Y'all be having deep conversations. Y'all be having conversations. Well, about I, I like bring up like I think something. about stuff from like the podcast. I'm like, hold on, Darren, because like I might be thinking or something might make me man. Like, look. Don't let girls such and such it because you got to keep your mind. And I just go off and like you, you listening like yeah I get I get it. You, okay, you've been a good example. So yeah. Ladarian, you want to you want to maintain your virginity until you get married? Yes, sir. Why? Because like what's even the point? Like basically, what our mind said like you got to do this, you got to do that, and then like it's like way too much to handle. So, Ladarian, you tell me in conversations you fall back. Your, your homeboy is talking about having sex with this girl and who they done had sex with and who done performed oral sex on them, all that. Y'all talk about all that, and we talked about it. So, and you just fall back out the conversation. Like, low-key, I do. 12-year-olds be on that kind of tip like that? 12-year-olds hmm? be on that kind of stuff like That's that? That's surprising. Ladarian, how are you going to say that's surprising when we had a conversation when you're you were right. 12? When I, you, you're right. Yeah. I guess it's just... The older you are, you're like, man, no, yeah, I don't got no business doing because that. Because you know, you know the brevity of yeah, it. Yeah, so that's so, why it's like, ugh. like, why are you worried about that? I they, they used to be talking about in that in lunch. Why y'all eating, man? Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I'm like. That's what I'm like. Uh, that's the only time they get together and talk. Yeah, it's true. like the only time we do y'all that. should be talking about. The food, some the how YouTube hard the videos, be, yeah. anything, man. That work, Fortnite. man. Y'all play Fortnite. We gotta take oh, this test oh, after this, like some, man, <laughs> man. We got homework, bro. Not that. I miss so and so. She tripping, like, <laughs> like something like that. My mama did this, daddy did this, like not that. She took not away that. my PS4, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm gonna be bored tomorrow. That's crazy. Ladarian went through a very traumatic experience uh, last year by losing your best friend. No, that was this year. That was this year. No, did we in a new school year now? Oh yeah, yeah. So it, was, it this was this year, year but last, last school last year. year. So I talked to y'all in school terms. Mm-hmm. So and because they would be like this year in the pandemic, but it happened in the beginning of the um, the, the uh, beginning of January. Like what was it January, February? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like March around March, February. It was like beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, and so I understood what you went through because, of course, I lost my best friend suddenly. And um, your friend, God rest his soul, was playing with a gun and accidentally shot himself. It was on the news. What was that like going through that? That was just sad. Like, I, I came in, like, I wasn't even talking. Like, that, when I heard that that school day, I wasn't even talking to nobody. Like, I was just sad. Like, I... I cried like around like ten, five to ten times that day. I wasn't with. Did you go see the counselor? Did you yeah, see I was the counselor like yeah. five times. Good. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, how are you processing that right now? I'm still sad about it, but like, I'm not like going to cry about it. But like, I'm still going to remember him because he was my best friend, of course. And like, I'm still be sad about it. So. So what do you? What did you? Did you know that I lost my best friend? Yeah, you told me. And yeah, when you went through that, how does it feel to hear Lateria tell you to you know to talk about how I walked in her room and I broke down and cried? Like, I basically like basically the same thing happened to me. Exactly. Exactly. And so, oftentimes, God allows us to go through problems and situations and hurts and um, 
so that we know what it's like and we can actually tell somebody else and be there for them. That's why I allowed you to get by with some things during that time. Yeah. <laughs> We're we not going to talk about that. <laughs> I said you were grieving, so you're going through some stuff. And um, I just gave you that space to say, all right, I'm going to let you, let you, you know, be a little whatever you're going to do right now. And Spe- then- speaking on that, when I, when I was walking home, I was scared. Like I was, I like told my friend Darius this. He was like, "We said, boy, you better get ready." I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I was scared because what happened. Like low key, I'm like, and when I walked through that door, I was like, I just like started breathing, like low key. <laughs> the door through the house. Yeah. And then wait, I'm lost. What happened? What? He was acting crazy at school. He was like, "Oh, never mind." Oh, and never like mind. that, you was premeditating, getting in trouble all day. Yeah, premeditating, gonna get oh, behind. That's beat. the worst yeah. feeling no. ever. That the was, when I I got in trouble like slide up to the microphone, yeah. I got in trouble twice that day. <laughs> and I, 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 I went. I just popped up on the school. I just I just came straight up to the school. Yeah, he'll do that. He was sitting up there, and I just I was standing in the doorway. Everybody started looking at the doorway. He looked at the doorway. He was yeah. like, and then everybody said, "Oh, that's he said that was your uncle here." <laughs> My friend Darius. He was like, "Oh no, he he already knows what's gonna happen." Yep. Oh. And what happened when you got home? Like, <laughs> I got scared, and then he, I like. I was like just, just so scared. Like, look, I can't really even explain. I was like literally scared. And then what happened? What, what did I do? You had let me slide. I think. But yeah, we had a long conversation. I said, "Listen, I understand um, that you lost your friend recently, and the class that you were acting up in. The teacher had told me that y'all used to sit right next to each other and compete with who was going to finish the assignment." First, and uh, y'all will compete who will make the highest grade. And she noticed a, to- I mean, a drastic change in your behavior uh, after you lost your friend. And so while I was mad that you was like being really, really disrespectful in that class and all that stuff, I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to pop up on them. And so I came there, and after having that conversation with her, I went to your next class, sat with you, laughed with you while you were in the computer lab doing that stuff. And then I came home and and when you got home, I just loved on you and said, hey, listen, I understand, and let's talk about it. And you broke down crying. And I was like, listen, I lost my friend before, too, so I understand. Um, and we're talking about grace. This is, this, is a, this is a great segue about grace because I practiced that level of grace with Lateria. Talk about some of those moments of grace. It was scary because it will be times where I'm like, okay, I'm getting a whooping because, like I said, I didn't get a whooping until I was probably like, I don't know, I think 14. I was like 14. Yeah. And now the first whooping you got was for disrespecting your mama. It wasn't even for what you did with me. Yeah. And I drove yeah. all the way over there. Yeah. And whooped your behind. Yeah. It took a lot of me. I cried. Yeah. I was crying when I was whooping you. Yeah. Like, how you going to cry? I'm, I'm should be crying. <laughs> you were crying. I you cried for whooping yeah. my daughter because I never And then you to, prayed for me after. And, and then I because, prayed for after. Because you felt bad. And you wanted me to realize you weren't whooping me because you were mad. It's like you're not listening. Like, yeah. you did everything. Like, talking didn't work. Taking stuff away didn't work. And you were like, I have to whoop you. And you told me, you're just like, I'm sorry, but I have to whoop you because at this point. You just you just don't know. And yeah. I knew that at that point, she would have known that she had crossed the, she, the she, boundary. It was like, I I was like, I messed up. Like, my dad, and because you, you told me originally that you never wanted to put your hands on me. Like, you didn't want to whoop me. Like, you didn't think that that was, like, appropriate for me in the future. Like, with dating and thinking that any man should be able to put their hands on you. So, you wanted to set an example. Which I thought was a great idea, but I <laughs> violated that. Yeah, <laughs> I said I don't want you ever getting used to a man putting their hands on you, yeah. including me. And that's so I, one reason I didn't. I didn't really think you whoop your daughter like that. I didn't. I made him because <laughs> I never heard of that. I don't. Hold on, don't. Maybe like her know. mama. Her mama had no problem whooping her. Yeah, that's yeah. what. Yeah, and you would talk, so she would whoop me, and then you would talk to me, and then that's, yeah. that's what y'all would do. That yeah. kind of sounds like my parents. Yeah, my yeah, dad, dad would was talk. Like, like I remember, I remember it like it was two seconds ago. I would think it was. Remember, I told you my mom whooped me with my PS3 cord. That in fact, that day, I think when she found out that I broke it, he would happen to be there. And she's like, this boy done broke this thing. I paid all this money for him. I'm finna tear. He's like, wait, 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 hold on. Let me, let me talk to him. You, you just calm down. <laughs> like, he be in the hallway. I'm like, Dad, maybe just a few more seconds. Maybe she'll she'll go sit down. Nope. 
when she when she reach you, it's a wrap. You finna get it. You finna get it. Finna get it. So we're talking about grace. So what moments of grace? I remember one specific thing that I did, and it's and and you responded, and it was the perfect response that I wanted for that moment. What do you think of when we talk about that? Well, you got me that phone. My oh. first, like, smartphone. Yep. Oh, I thought I was so cute. I was in trouble. I don't know what I did, but I remember I was in trouble. And we talked about it in a car or something. And then you walked in my room and you had a box. You was like, open the box. And I opened it. And it was like a smartphone. I forgot what phone and it was. A little pink phone, a little whatever it was called. Yeah, I don't know. It was cute. And then I started crying, and I was like, why did you give me this? And then you were just like, because I just want you to know that, you know, I love you unconditionally. I know that you have not been doing what you're supposed to be doing, but I am going to bless you and give you, you know, the desires of your heart past kind of what you deserve right now. And Yo. what did you say? I and, was, what? and I just was like, that reminds me of Jesus. That's because, all I wanted in yeah, that moment. Because that's exactly what he does. Like, we act up, disrespect him, don't thank him, don't talk to him, and then he'd be like, here's a, jo- here's a job promotion, here's a new yep. car. Yep. So that's what it reminded me of. In so fact, th- he did that same thing with me. When we got to North Carolina, he was like, all right, you know I'm finna get you a phone, but if you act up, you, you ain't gonna get it. And, you know, the first day was, you know, I wasn't really doing much, and then... Uh, getting into it and then we being loud at times in the <laughs> hotel about the I bet. people calling the hotel room. Yep. I said, I said, don't y'all ever embarrass me in public like this. Three. Yeah, I took both. I took I took Armani and Ladarian and Deontay. Oh, so I had three cool. boys with me in North Carolina at the National Black Theater Festival. And then what happened? Uh, when we got home, I was like, oh, he probably he probably gonna tell us something. He gonna get yelled at, and. uh he said about that phone, uh, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit on it because you really don't, you know, you really didn't earn it. Next day come around, he called me. He was like, hey, uh, how y'all been with my mama? I was like, yeah, we just chilling. We we ain't doing nothing. He said, all right, uh, go get that phone. That f- Your phone I've got you is in uh, my office. And I went out and said, all right, what you, uh, did you want me to, like, put it somewhere so you could, Come get it. Yeah, and take he, it back. He's he like, no, nah, open it. I was like, home. I was like, but I thought you said. He's like, look, the same thing he said with you. It's just like Jesus. We act up. He still blesses us and you know forgives us. So even though you don't really deserve it, go ahead and let you have it. And so one thing that, um, and I didn't realize that I did the same thing with both of y'all. See, one thing that I noticed in my own life. Like I said, I'll show you my scars. It's a lot of things that I just don't do right. And it's a lot of things that I need God's grace over. But as I look back over my life, I watch how God covers me and he knows my heart. And so I know y'all heart, you know, as a good father, I know that y'all ain't trying to just be ratchet. You know what I'm saying? Can't I know you. Yeah, you just can't help it. It's, it's it's growing up in the teenage years. You have all these different emotions, hormones going crazy. So I understand. So so I I totally understand. And so I just want to show y'all that hey, ain't no pushover. You ain't gonna punk me. You ain't gonna handle me. But I also am sensitive enough to cover you. And if I can cover you in those moments of your brokenness, then I can build trust with you. And then you know that hey, when I'm weak, when I'm broken, when I don't know which way to go, and I don't you know, and I'm ashamed of something. Idea that if my dad can cover me with love in my broken moment and not just cover me but actually bless me in it, then there's nothing that I won't confide in him about. And so that's my whole theory, that's my whole trust process. I do the same thing with Ladarian because Ladarian just boy, Lord Jesus, this boy here, I don't know what his addiction is to phones, but man, I tell you, he just be he'll sneak and get on the phone in the middle of the night and be sitting on the phone all night. What's up? What's up with your addiction with phones in there? I don't know. What is it? I, I, like sometimes I don't be feeling sleepy. Sometimes I just don't want to go to sleep. So and you then, just play with games all night. Yeah, you should and read you a nice book. I right, they got some good books out. <laughs> you know, you know, I don't like reading. <laughs> Did you say you heard they got some good books out? <laughs> yeah, library. Just you can open get him Barack Obama's book. He can read that until you fall asleep. Yeah. I come a young man with Obama. Book I, only, only book I read until I fell asleep was a Bible. Really? Bible. That's good. Well, that's yeah, good. he said. Yeah, he said. I used to have him read the uh, the Bible all the time. Uh-huh. I'm gonna read this quote as I was preparing for this podcast episode. Um, 
when I said this episode is going to be called Knowing Your Why. God woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Friday, and he gave me this. If you know your why, you'll be more intentional with your who, discerning about your what, patient with your when, and submitted to your where. Have y'all heard those before? The five W's. So the five W's are the, it's the five W's of problem solving. They're the basic information for gathering uh, information in uh, journalism, uh, research, and police investigation. Who, what, when, where, oh, yeah, why. Yeah. So who, what, when, where, why is the basis of every uh, good story. And when you're able to answer those questions, then you're able to create a great story. Or if it's a police investigation, find out what really happened. And so knowing my why is understanding those things and the way God laid it out. I'm going to talk more about it in the future because it'll be a, probably a whole series and probably something off the podcast. But when God gave me that, he gave me such uh, knowledge about that quote and said, Hey, let me just break this down to you. Let me download this. And so the reason why I live, the reason why I work as hard as I do, the reason why I spend all these hours shooting videos for clients, the reason why we're going to launch your podcast uh, starting January 1st of 2021, because you God is going to use you powerfully to speak to a lost generation. Uh, the reason why uh, you're going to pay for your wedding next month uh, in January. <laughs> Are you still getting married January 12th? No. When the you going to tell me got that? canceled. When when are you gonna tell me that? This happened two days ago and it stresses me out. And every time I think about planning it, I I want to cry. So I'm like, I'll just get married later. So I don't know. You, you didn't tell me nothing about this. It just happened. I was about to Carnival, buy my ticket. Carnival just canceled like three days ago. Like it just happened. But I already told you. I said during the pandemic, it's hard as trying to plan anything. Yeah, like, which yeah, we were wishful thinking, thinking that. I mean, it was originally in may so we're like oh well definitely by january it'll be fine this is just a little flu you know that's what we're thinking but it's obviously way more than that so we're just trying to figure out what we want and what we want to do and plan through that let's touch on that since we're here Mm -hmm. about the wedding uh i'm gonna have an episode with with tay on here so we we're not gonna go deep into that but we're gonna talk about the fact of your wedding that was originally planned for august and I, as you see, I threw, I repurposed that date and did a wedding for three couples. How did we get there? You were being a bridezilla. <laughs> and he was trying to tell me what it was going to look like. And I didn't, first of all, I really didn't want a big wedding. But I was okay with having one because our parents wanted one. So we were like, let's just do this for them, okay? It'll be fun. We'll get cute pictures. And I kind of started developing what I wanted, and what I wanted was not equaling up into what you wanted, and it just was, like, clashing. I think it's because we're both creative people, and, like, we both know. You didn't want no wedding. You just wanted a little old gathering. I did, but I want a nice gathering. Like, I wanted a nice little gathering on the beach. Like, you know, like something cute. So what happened was Lateria wanted to have a uh, a destination wedding. I did. And I said it's going to be hard to have a destination wedding with a lot of the elderly people in our family. I want to make sure my mom can go there. I want my dad. I want, I want the people. I want family to be there. Yeah. When you start trying to do a destination wedding, it makes it more challenging, more expensive, and whatnot. And so then I said, hey, here's an opportunity to have this date. Uh, this lady is selling her date. Come look at it. You came and looked at the venue, said, get it for me. Did you not? I did. But I think I was on the like high of being like, oh, my God, I'm going to get married. Because before I never I'm not one of those girls who had a Pinterest board of how my right. dress is going to look. I didn't care about that. Um, so I was excited. But then I was after leaving, I was like, that's not really my style. Like, I, I want to look more. So that's where that shift. And I don't think I ever really communicated with you as strongly as I should have. Like, I don't want this. I was like, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep looking. You told me to get it. You said, get the venue. And I said, all right, Latera, I'm going to get this latest deposit. Should I get it? Yes. Get it. And I said, okay, I got it. And then probably a week later, nah, I want to, I want to, I want to look at this place. Yes. Oh no. I I looked at the Perot Museum. I want the Perot Museum. That's what I really wanted. It was the Perot Museum. So you tell me, how are you going to have a small wedding at the Perot Museum? Well, at that point you were already going big. So I was like, let's go big or go home. If we're going to do it, let's do it at the Perot Museum. I mean, let's rent out the whole entire museum, all four floors. With Wolfgang Puck as a caterer. That's what I, that's who they have up there. I said, see see that, see that money. 
Just with dollar. I was going to say, renting out the entire place. <laughs> it wasn't that expensive. You have to look at the show. It was expensive. It wasn't that. It was it expensive. It sounds expensive. It really wasn't that bad. It was very expensive. And then she wanted to have it outside and then have no lights outside. But we were going to bring lights in. We were going to do it during before sunset. I, I had it. It was a vision. I had it. So she went from wanting to do a 20, <laughs> 20 person ceremony yes. to now want to rent the whole parole museum. With Wolfgang Puck but and this Kater. is the thing. I either I either wanted a small wedding that was very very nice and like I can't explain it. But I'm like, talking about just really just just lots of flowers and beautiful yeah, just decor. beautiful with like 20 people, or I wanted a big wedding with that. That was that was one of the two compromises. That was it. I'm like, well, if you want everybody here, then we're gonna have a we big wedding like at the Pearl Museum. But we can do it the 20 people. But I get what you're saying about the destination thing. But I like the intimacy of it being a destination wedding and it being on the beach. And we're young. I never would think I would be getting married at 24, 25. So, like I said, I the traditional wedding does not suit our us and like it just and that's fair. Yeah, and that's how I made um, peace with it. Is to say, I taught you to speak up for yourself, mm-hmm. fight for what it you was believe. So hard. And I said, but I know God enough that if I walk away from that and preserve our relationship, mm-hmm. then I'll repurpose it. And now we're fine. Yeah, we, yeah. we're great. Now I got to pay for my own wedding. Yeah, amen, somebody. So great. Yes, and you already paid for it. <laughs> well, I paid, I didn't even really finish paying for it because the wedding got it got canceled. You didn't have to send the money until two weeks before you were actually supposed oh, that's to get good, there. Then. You yeah. Won. So I we still have the money, but now we have to figure out what we want to do. And I have some ideas. I just haven't presented them to you yet. Why you got to present to me? What do you just mean? so you can tell me if that's a good idea. So you still need my opinion? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Fair enough. So, um, and we'll talk about my response to you getting married at the age you, you were. Mm-hmm. I mean, the age that you are getting married. Um, when I have Tay on the podcast, because I want to, I want to talk about all that. As we wrap this up, y'all know I have a podcast called Dear Future Wifey, and the whole intent is to discover, uncover, and recover love for myself, and uh, in hopes one day that I will take upon a wife. And um, so first, let me ask y'all: How do y'all feel about me being married? Starting off with you, I'm gonna start off with you, youngest, Ladarian. Yeah. How you feel about me uh, one day getting a wife? I don't, I don't really know. You don't know how you feel? No, because I'm not really into. I'm not like really like paying attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you got to pay attention to a woman walking around the house. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt that experience before. Oh. Well, yeah, we not. Yeah, <laughs> scratch that. Another, we ain't gonna day. talk about that. Another day. He talking about the. Same thing that Terry was talking about. Yeah. Um, but okay, chime in on that. What did what what was that? What was that like? So me and Deontay, like in summer, we like he used to always come over and spend the whole summer with me. And then every like almost every day, we used to hear wake up hearing arguing, arguing. Like we can't even get no good sleep because of that. And then she be storming out and then slamming your door. And we were like, what, what's going on? And then we walk in, like, it's like, we said, what's this, what's this happening? And That's then, crazy. And like, it's just like early in the morning, like, probably like nine or like eight. I don't know. No, exactly how that feels. No, exactly what that's like. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he grew up in a, in a household like yeah. that. And that's one of the things that my daughter never witnessed from me. She never seen no mess like that before. And, um, and that was one of the things that I wanted to always protect my kids from. First of all, never being in a toxic uh, relationship with anybody where you will even, you know, have that as an option. And and so, yeah, I'm always allowed you to, to speak on that. So thank you for sharing that. We talked about that before and told you that everything about that relationship just wasn't right at all. And uh, I'm sorry that you had to witness that, hear that stuff. Even at times when I thought that you were being shielded from it, I realized later on you would bring up conversations. And I was like, how in the world did you know that? How are you, how are you hearing? I can hear you. It's loud. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Like he even asked Deontay, he going to say the exact same thing uh, I'm saying. Yeah, he said it before. And I used to always be like, shh, be quiet. My nephew and her, shh, be quiet. Quit the-. And she's just going off hollering. I don't care. And I was like, this is this is crazy. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't even understand. Or even in the car with him, I would always be like, 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 be quiet. Like, my nephew, I'll text and be like, my nephew is sitting in the back seat. Like, 
can we just talk about this later? And she'll just be talking, just all this, and I'll just, yeah. So sorry you had to go witness that. Uh, that was crazy. So you have no opinion about me getting married? No, not really. Okay. As long as you wanted to be a uh, what what you witnessed a sane before. person, <laughs> a sane. He was insane. Okay, so you <laughs> so you want, <laughs> hey. so you want a, you want a, a sane person. Okay, and and Armani, <laughs> how do you feel about me one day getting married? Because you always trying to encourage somebody to get married. <laughs> and you know maybe you know get you a nice little good looking wife. You know can cook good. Hopefully. Cook some good stuff, you know what I'm saying? But I just, like he said, I hope it's not no nut job. I'm not trying to hear nobody arguing in the middle of, trust me, my mom and dad, you just wake up and like, what's going on now? The, all yeah. the lights on, like, it's five o'clock. <laughs> all the lights on. i supposed to be getting I'm up. trying to sleep, we got school in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I got to yeah. get up in an hour. But, you know, I just, I, I feel like, you know, hearing some stories about, you know, your past marriage and all that. Um, I think this this time it'll be right, hopefully. Because, you know, God, he'll direct you, but you know sometimes it's up to the person. You got to listen. You got you to gotta listen and <laughs> choose the right person that's not completely Choose the right path. Crazy. Yeah, choose mm-hmm. the right path. Red pill, blue pill, morph- <laughs> Morpheus. So I feel like this will be good for you. And that's what the process is about. This whole process is for me not to rush it, to get healed from some past pain, some past trauma, and choose wisely. Because if I choose with uh, eyes filled with trauma, I'm going to choose another traumatic situation. But if I choose with heel eyes, I'm going to choose a heel person. Uh, Lateria, how do you feel? You out the house, you grown, about to get married yourself. How do you feel about me one day taking a wife? I can't wait till you get married personally. Why? I don't know. I just I could just see it, and I'm excited to meet whoever this woman is. I remember I, I talked to you that time, and I was sell, telling you about um, the art, the music artist. He's a gospel music artist, and Adrian Adrian Balon in oh, oh Israel, Israel Israel Houghton. Houghton. yeah Israel and Houghton. the relationship that she has with his daughter. I yeah. love it. They're best friends. They go out. They just, they just seem close, like a close yeah. relationship. And so I'm just hoping that. Well, I know this is going to happen, but the woman that you end up with, I want to be close like that with her. Like I want, like I can see coming over Sundays and eating her, teaching me recipes and just hanging out. I just think that you deserve that type of companionship. And I know that you can give that kind of companionship. And so I'm just excited to meet whoever this person is. I can't yep. wait, honestly. I'm I be at the wedding. Hopefully I can be a bridesmaid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll hmm. be your best man. You know what I'm saying? Had a little talk, <laughs> talk song, you yeah. know. He's going to be the best man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amari, you want to say something before we close out? What do you, what'd you want to talk about? For those watching this episode, this month is National Adoption Month, November. So what I just want y'all to do is just, you know, take the time to just appreciate, you know, your children. It's Thanksgiving time and all that, too. But just just appreciate, you know, your kids. Because, you know, there's a lot of kids out here, you know, who don't really have a family at all. They've been abandoned. They've lost their family. They're in the system and it's just really hard. So just have that in mind. And for those who even wanna be foster parents or try to adopt, uh, there's, you know, you can go on the web and search your like local foster care and adoption adoption agencies and you can take some classes and get ready for that. Important month for children. This month. So, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you for your PSA, Armani. All right. Well, that's it. So, uh, hey, I want y'all to give it up to my wise, um, my wise, my reason why I do what I do. Lateria Whitfield, Ladarian Harris, and Armani Green. Can I just tell y'all how special this episode is for me to have my kids on the podcast just transparently talking? And I know some of y'all may be like, I can't believe he allowed his kids to actually mention those intimate moments. But, um, hey, I have to lead by example. This podcast is about keeping it lit, right? 
living intentionally and transparently. So I want to make you extremely aware of some of the traumatic events that your kids have watched you go through and to, if you need to ask for forgiveness for allowing them to see those things, then, you know, ask for forgiveness and they'll definitely forgive you. So let's just keep it real. It's all about healing and God can't heal what you won't reveal. That's something I live by. So here's my letter as I manifest my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I've created a very unconventional fatherhood. I have a biological daughter who was born my senior year in high school, a 17-year-old son I adopted last year, and a 12-year-old nephew I adopted three years ago. They are my why. I can't wait until I become intentional with you, my who. Though you will be established as my who, after passionately uttering our I do's, you will spiritually catapult into the sacred place of my why. Legacy is forged in this exclusive space. Intimacy is developed here. A covering is constructed in this classification. My why. Like Kelly Rowland, you will be my motivation. Our individual and collective purpose will be soldered together and like a three-chord strand, we won't be easily broken. I don't know who you are, when or where we'll meet, but what I am confident in knowing is my why. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.